0: Don't tell anyone I'm free. Don't tell anyone I'm free. In this episode of BSD Talk, an interview with Chris Buchler from the PF Sense project.
1: People have been asking, oh, I got this, you know, 1.2 box, is it vulnerable to heartbleed? Well, no, but uh, you're vulnerable to you know, 200 other things at this point. <laughs> you got 99 problems, but Heartbleed ain't one.
0: <laughs> All that and more coming up on BSD Talk number 242. It's Thursday, June 5th, 2014. We're here at BSD Can with Chris Buchler from the PFSense Project, and thanks for coming back on with me. It's been a while. Yeah, thanks for having me. I think the last time we spoke was, oh, gosh, I don't know, it must have been five, six years ago when PFSense was in the 1 Series.
1: Yeah, I think it's maybe even longer than that. And it was yeah, back in the early days of the project.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I imagine that there's probably some people out there that have a, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it attitude, and, and might still be running a PFSense box running the 1 series two has been out for a while and if you were sitting at a table with those people what would you tell them were the reasons that they really should upgrade something that currently is running just okay yeah people tend to not touch their
1: firewalls if it's if it's not broke they don't want to fix it they just let it run a lot of people will just go throw it in a closet somewhere and even forget it exists yeah so we we do run across versions from on a pretty routine basis that you know a box hasn't been touched in seven eight years at times uh but yeah, that's not a good thing to, uh, just let your, uh, firewall run unpatched forever, regardless of, uh, what software it's running. Uh, there are, well, of course, there's a variety of security updates and, uh, all the, the components that, that we include that, uh, if you're still running a, a, 1X, uh, series, you're, you're about five years behind, uh, since our first 2X stable release. Um, uh, so that's, uh, that's, that's one big reason. Um, uh, and we've added a lot of features since um, since those days uh, as well, um, in the two x release series and the, the two one. Uh, a really really long list, um, depending on what version that you. If you go back to the one X and, and compare back to to two O and uh, there is uh, quite a few things in between one X and two O. We changed virtually every single part of the the system. Uh, pretty much every feature got, uh, some significant, uh, additions and enhancements and, uh, and then from 2.0 to 2.1, there were, uh, less changes, but still, you know, IPv6 support is really the, the, the huge one. That's what took the bulk of the time going from, from 2.0 to, to 2.1. Uh, so that's, uh, that's, that's another reason to upgrade, but, uh, just for bug fixes and stability purposes and, uh, and security reasons primarily, it's, uh, Definitely something you want to get up to the the latest latest code. Is there a
0: upgrade path from a one series box to a two or do you have? Yeah,
1: to- yeah, you can go um, you can go straight from any previous release to the most recent stable two one three. So if you're uh, uh, if you're still running a one x yeah, version yeah, of yeah. some sort, or even some people are on occasion we run across a like point oh seven alpha alpha. <laughs> From you know 2005 or something in the very very early uh, days of the project, yeah, you can upgrade any of those direct to uh, to
0: 2.1. I guess it 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 will it will boot, but there might be some pf firewall rule set changes or something that maybe you'll have to tweak by hand. Or no, we automatically
1: handle the oh, wow. uh, it, the config upgrade process. So yeah, if there is a change in the uh, config file um, format from one version to another, we automatically upgrade that. Mm-hmm. And every config upgrade step has. Uh, um, it knows where to start based on what the config version of your, your previous one is so if you're upgrading from 1.2 to 2.13, you you're going to go through a whole list of upgrade steps on the config upgrade um, if you're going from 2.0 to 2.1 there's a much smaller list that it goes through but it still, it still knows what config version you started with and runs through every part that it needs to uh, uh, convert um, re- regardless of, of where you start so that That works really well. Uh, There really aren't any circumstances where you can't upgrade from a previous release directly to the the most recent.
0: And what version of FreeBSD are you tracking right now? Uh, Our most recent
1: stable release is on 8.3 still. We kind of got stuck on the the 8X uh, releases um, because whenever we started doing 2.1, 9.0 had a variety of issues for the things that we... uh, do, and it was really more than what we could fix in a reasonable amount of time to get uh, 2.1 release out, so that got us stuck on 8.3 for 2.1, 2.1.1, 2.1.2, 2.1.3. But now for the 2.2 release, it's currently under development, be out uh, within a few weeks, couple months, uh, something along those lines, um, we're on uh, 10 stable. So we're uh, staying much closer to the most recent uh, FreeBSD. just so we can partially, so we can get patches and things back into FreeBSD, and we can take advantage of all the latest drivers and features and performance enhancements and you know, all the other work that, uh, that that FreeBSD is doing, and that we can also help contribute to ourselves uh, and, and make it available not just for for our users,
0: but for anybody who uses uh, FreeBSD. Yeah, I think I remember some previous talks that you'd given at some conferences, and you had to make some changes to defaults or some tweaks to FreeBSD for your needs so basically with 10 you're having to do a lot less of that
1: yeah uh yeah we used to have a a more significant kernel patch set Uh, especially when we got stuck on 8.3 for a while we would start backporting drivers so our 8.3 is not really stock 8.3 we have the our, our most recent stable release has the for instance, the Intel Gigabit and 10 Gigabit drivers from 10 on 8.3. Uh, there are a few others that... Um, <clears throat> I don't remember the whole whole list off the top of my head, but yeah, there are several other drivers that we had backported, so we're more ahead of, uh, at least in a, from a driver perspective, on 8.3 than just stock FreeBSD would be. Uh, but now it's better to, to, to stay more up-to-date, so all the various improvements that, that go into previously we can take advantage of more quickly.
0: And you did mention earlier some security implications of, of upgrading, obviously, just keeping your software current, but more recently, everybody knows about the Heartbleed bug. How yeah. did that impact uh, PFSense?
1: Yeah, it, uh, if you were running 2.1 or 2.1.1, um, <clears throat> the version of OpenSSL that's used for the web interface and for OpenVPN and potentially for some add-on packages, depending on what you're running, is heartbleed more vulnerable. Uh, the the OpenVPN config that we have people use by default uses TLS authentication, so that kind of mitigates that to some degree, at least if only trusted users have your TLS key, because you can't exploit it without actually having the TLS key. Um, so there's at least some mitigation there for OpenVPN, but the, the web interface is... Uh, Uh, vulnerable if you're on one of those releases and uh, it's relatively easy to get your session cookie or something like that as an unauthenticated user Uh, just like it is for any web service that uh, that was vulnerable to it so that's a if you're on 2.1 or 2.1.1 then you definitely urgently want to upgrade to to patch Heartbleed uh Two O releases and one X releases; those are old enough that they don't actually—they aren't vulnerable. They're—they're they're using an older version of OpenSSL than uh, what introduced uh, that uh, that vulnerability. So yeah, the uh, people have been asking, "Oh, I got this—you know, one dot two box—is it vulnerable to Heartbleed?" Well, no, but uh, you, you're vulnerable to you know two hundred other things at this point. Yeah, <laughs> you got ninety nine problems, but Heartbleed ain't one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Regardless of what uh, version you're on, whether or not you're vulnerable to uh, heartbleed, it's a uh, time to upgrade. <laughs> well, at least the upgrade
0: process is relatively painless. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's really, really painless. Yeah, not a whole lot to it. And uh, any release from like the last five years or so has an auto-update feature built in, where you can just browse to the page. It'll say, "Oh, there's a new version available." You click the invoke auto upgrade button. It downloads, installs, it, it reboots, and <laughs> you're done. Yeah. Uh, generally the issues that uh, that people run into after upgrade are ones that they would have run into whenever they rebooted the system uh some a lot of people have boxes that are up for two or three or more years and well the next time you reboot the system oh, the hard drive doesn't exist anymore or it can't get through post or you know, it has some kind of hardware problem that uh, if you had just rebooted it it would no longer have have functions so that's that's the majority of the, the issues that we see after upgrade. Uh, and the, the rest of the issues that you, you know, may see people say, oh, I upgraded and this doesn't work anymore. Uh, the, the reality is it just has nothing to do with the upgrade at all. Uh, so the, it's generally generally low risk. And the, the, if you're going from a, a, an earlier FreeBSD version to... Uh, a three base that we have, there's there's always a possibility that some unusual combination of hardware won't play nicely with FreeBSD 8.3, three. That it worked fine with a seven or something like that. But that's kind of a one in ten thousand kind of thing. It's it's always a possibility, but uh, you can mitigate that risk by using the the hardware that we sell directly and that some of our partners sell. That you know that we've tested it before. The upgrade even comes out and uh, you'll know that it's gonna work you're not gonna have some weird incompatibility issue that's specific to some combination of, of hardware
0: yeah we use uh, net gates yeah and, you know they were I you know we didn't even peel off even though you can push a button and peel off the net gate skin <laughs> you know so it says you know if you have sense we just leave it as, as is and I mean, we set them up a while ago and barely really have to think about them yeah so, yeah are good little boxes And you know that does bring up sort of the the open source community side of what you're doing and then the commercial side of what you're doing and how do you find that relationship to be between the open source and the commercial side of it yeah we've we've been changing to some extent
1: a few things there recently but not really changing anything um, the the some of the licensing and trademark things are we've been cleaning up from a, a legal perspective uh, the the license we've changed from a two-clause BSD to uh, an SSL like license, uh, which effectively doesn't really change anything for users, but those who are building commercial products um, off of PSNs, it could potentially change things for them, um, depending. So, you know, the, the people who were building products and not contributing anything back are kind of upset because it kind of restricts what they are permitted to do but it doesn't really affect anyone else uh you know most of what we do from a commercial perspective is providing value on top of the freely available software and that's really not changed at all uh, we you know, provide support uh and that's still a, a big chunk of the business we're we're selling uh hardware directly now at store.bsms.org um we also have like T-shirts and USB flash drives preloaded, and uh, stickers, and a, a few other odds and ends on uh, the store, and uh, and we started selling the gold subscription last year, uh, and about, about a little over six months ago, and uh, that's uh, what gets you the our auto config backup cloud backup service. So every time you uh, make any kind of change to the firewall, it encrypts your config using the uh, passphrase that you put into the the system, and then it uploads it to us so you have an immediate off-site secure backup uh, and it also gets you access to the latest version of our book uh, the 2.1 release version and that's um, the the best source of documentation out there the most comprehensive and there's a lot of stuff on our documentation wiki but uh, the really the the comprehensive source that covers everything in great detail is uh in the book um, and we do a, a monthly hangout now as well for uh for gold subscribers we're um, we generally let people vote on you know what the the topic of most interest is, or uh, unless there's something that I see that's of a lot of need and, and interest, and then I'll just pick it and do it myself. But you know, we uh, once a month, uh, generally the third Friday of every month, we uh, we do that. We have an hour, hour and a half presentation, and then uh, take various questions and discussion afterwards. And uh, that's uh, people really enjoyed that. They're, getting to learn about various parts of the, the project in, uh, in more detail and getting a live demonstration of how various pieces work and, and things like that so that's uh, our, our gold subscription so the that's uh, that's really the commercial pieces that we've done there's not a oh here go go buy this professional version of, of BFSense, buy a license for it kind of thing uh, it's uh, the software is is all. Freely available still.
0: I applaud that move, and I've used some other systems where, you know, "lobotomize" maybe is a strong word, but they have a tendency to really hamstring the free product. Yeah. Which and what they hamstring varies over time, occasionally, and so, uh, you know, I mean, if, if, I guess if you want it, you pay for it. But you know, I, I'm happy that you're adding on top of, as opposed to going in and sort of withholding right. key features. From and people.
1: that's a as we've changed the license and started better enforcing our trademarks and things like that that's one of the things that has kind of set some people off is they think that's the path that we're going to go down so there's these people out there that are you know telling us oh they're going to go close source entirely and I'm like really <laughs> and there's people like replying to me on reddit and things like other sites like that you know they're going to close the source well you might want to look at my username and who I am. <laughs> You're telling me what my uh, what my company is going to do, and it's uh, things I wasn't aware my company was going to do. And it's uh, kind of funny how that works, and it happens to uh, me and uh, and Jim, and I'm sure Jamie as well, the, all the partners in, in ESF that uh, you know, other people think they know more about what our company is doing than than what we do. But <laughs> it, it's it's a legitimate cause for concern because people have seen the paths that other projects have gone down. And they started out, you know, everything is freely available, and then all of a sudden they start making little changes, and next thing you know, they're putting in restrictive uh, pieces all over the place. Uh, whether it was, you know, Viata started limiting how many ARP table entries you could have, so you could effectively have a Cisco-like host restriction on, you know, how many devices you can have on the network and things like that, so... People have seen a lot of other vendors go down the, that path and are, they dream up in their head that that's where we're going, but that's that's, that's not the case.
0: That's, that's good to hear. As, as a user of the product, that's, that's great. So, All right, well, um, I guess we should get back to the the talks here at the conference, but thanks for sitting down a little bit and giving us an update on PFSense. Thank you. Appreciate sure. it. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. And if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Archives of the show are also on archive.org. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 242.